Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of the new Story Screen podcast, Batarang. Batarang is a show where we are doing kind of a another film retrospective, similar to what we do with Fast and the Furious, where we watched all the movies in chronological order, talked about it, drunk, sober, and otherwise, today. This and one's about first wreck. This one, it's not going to be as much of a train wreck. The Batarang podcast that covers the Shrek franchise. The Shrek franchise. Yep. We're doing Shrek 1, Shrek 2, Puss in Boots, Shrek and third. Shrek 3. Shrek, is there a fourth Shrek movie? Probably. May the fourth Shrek be with you. Someone has, someone made that movie. But, you know, so we're going to watch all the Batmans. And uh, today, well, I guess I should say who Wait, I am. what? We're going to watch all the Batmans. We're oh, not watching the Shreks. I was tricked. I am your Alfred, guiding you through this journey. Robert Anderson. Today I'm joined by Clown Prince of Crime. Jack Aldusky. And I, I feel I like you might, to... you probably have one that I that you want me to use for you. Oh, uh, Tommy, Dude, I, Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face. Two-Face. Mike Birch. Mike Birch. So guys, uh, you know, we, we watched the first kind of mainline Batman movie today. The Tim Burton 1989 Batman flick, but I think before we dig into that movie, what I want to ask you guys is, what was your first Batman experience growing up? Like, what's your first memories of Batman, and what do you think kind of got you into Batman? Jack, why don't you start us off? Animated series. Animated Kevin series. Conway. Yep. The one and only. Mm-hmm. I, I got mine, uh, I saw Batman Returns in theaters, in a drive-in with my parents. Damn. How old were you? I don't know. I must have been like seven or so. Okay. Somewhere around there. Uh, I think that I had seen the first one like on VHS tape, uh, uh, like when we owned it. But uh, as far back as I like, trying to remember the first time I watched this movie, I can't really recall. But I can still specifically remember going to the drive-in and watching Batman Returns. Right. You know, when I was super young with my parents. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's definitely the first like image that I have. That's why a lot of the times when I think about Batman, even though I've read tons of comics and yes. seen all of the movies mm-hmm. and watched the animated series and so on and so forth, everything that Batman has to give to you. When I do think of Batman, I honestly do think that it is that Tim Burton costume, yeah. that black with the, with the yellow symbol. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's, that's Michael Keaton's chin. That's Michael Keaton's mouth. I see. The chin is very important to Batman's. I will say that this Michael is a very Keaton's pursed lips. Yep. His oh, little duck he's face. Just, he's pouty face. He's like taking a selfie the whole movie. Uh, for me, uh, I would have to agree with Jack. My kind of first foray into Batman probably was the animated series. Uh, I didn't see the 1989 Batman movie until it was like later released on DVD. But I remember I like saw it at like maybe a thrift store or like somewhere I was with my parents where like there's like discount like DVDs or something. And I saw that and I was just like, oh, I've never seen like the first Batman movie. And I got it. And I remember uh, we used to go on a lot of like family like trips as a kid because we had family that lived kind of like a few hours away and I had a portable DVD player. I watched a lot of my movies in these like three hour trips. And I remember there was a few times like I would just watch Batman twice going mm-hmm. to like family's house. So this movie has a pretty special place in my heart. I really like love this movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it. Watching it again kind of 
you know, I kind of always knew it's a really weird fucking movie, but like, it's definitely it's, so it's, weird. De- it's definitely gotten weirder and weirder oh, with yeah. age, like especially now that we see the more grounded kind of Batman flicks. That right, exist. and I think that that kind of uh, messes up the way that a lot of people when they rewatch these movies, there's the there's the huge nostalgia factor to it that like you remember Jack Nicholson's character, you know, and it, and his different take on the Joker, and you remember that it's directed by Tim Burton, so it naturally gets this kind of shoehorned, like, oh, it's really dark, you know? Like, it's yeah. a dark movie. But it, it, when you watch it now, you're just like, I've seen way darker than this. You it's goofy. Like, but it's... There's, there's some darkness to the movie that, in a way that only, like, Tim Burton can do, you know? And that mm. still kind of, like, remains there. But also, like, you know, hearing some of, like, Jack Nicholson as the Joker, some of his weird rants and very strange catchphrases, like, yeah. it's it's disturbing that, like, you know, the, the character really, like, seems insane. But then you have some other takes on these characters that we probably won't see ever again, like having, like, socially awkward Batman, or socially awkward Bruce Wayne, I should really say. Mm-hmm. And um, the movie starts off, we're following Vicky Vale and uh, uh, White Boy Fro news reporter oh yeah <laughs> that guy mm-hmm. they're like kind of like our main like kind of characters throughout the at least in the first act of the movie for sure. yeah it is really weird how we are kind of like following them as before bruce wayne pops up yeah and we're with them for a yeah, lot they're of the at they're at bruce wayne's party they're at his ball yes his, his great ball they're, they're in his balls uh and that's where we kind of get our introduction to bruce wayne and i guess we really i don't think that we realize that bruce wayne is batman at that point like if you know if we haven't seen batman yeah we don't understand that bruce wayne is batman we don't when do when is it that we get that reveal i was trying I think to remember he says that. like i'm bruce wayne hi nice to meet you yeah we get that he's bruce wayne but we don't we haven't seen that is he actually uh is he batman oh, we, we don't batman? find out that he's batman until like a good length into the movie yeah i knew though yeah we knew you knew yeah. We knew. Well, it's interesting. We were kind of talking about... I never thought about this movie having existed after the Frank Miller comics. Mm. But also, like, this movie exists, like, pretty, like, much after... Much of Batman has been on the page. Yeah. You know? And has... Well, yeah, they, and the Adam they, West interpretation and stuff like that. But, like, the real dark, gritty Batman that we really kind of know today, you know, had pre-existed before this film. You know, but yeah. it's possible, like, at the time... Sure, like Tim Burton does kind of go down that road with the darker, although I would say it's it's much like lighter and goofier than even those Frank Miller books have gone. Definitely. But it could be just at the time, like movie studios were not willing to put a big budget behind a movie that goes down that really, a superhero movie that goes down that really dark, grim themes that those Frank Miller books had. Especially since Batman uh, on the screen has always had a more goofy history except except for the fact that he straight up mercs people in this movie like he's yeah we have the killing batman in this one he yeah which you don't see again until you get to bvs which will save the conversation (laughs) for when we uh we get there yeah i think that they uh we're gonna you're gonna fucking like it too take my inner innocence from my cold dead hands there's a uh, there, there's the constant discussion about Tim Burton's Batman's and like how he like especially in the first one Tim Burton's always been uh, he he's been accused of uh, being more interested in the Joker than the Batman yeah and it, you know the joke we follow the Joker's origin story in this where and we don't see Batman's origin story until very close to the end yeah, yeah. but we get to see Jack Napier become 
the Joker <coughs> go through these things where he becomes a Joker and he realizes mm-hmm. what he wants to do, that he wants to be uh, the world's first uh, fully functioning uh, homicidal, homicidal artist. artist. And right. uh, I really like that idea uh, with the idea of clashing... Uh, the Joker and Batman because like the killing joke, which is another one, like the dark Knight the returns that this was very yeah. much based off of like that. Tim Burton says like, he doesn't really like comics. He doesn't dig comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess he said it was something like he can't, he never knows which box to read, <laughs> which I mean, <laughs> all right, dude, sure. Uh, but I think it's what? so funny. Cause like, that's his thing. He says, that's uh, what he Tim, says, Tim. It's, um, left to right. Just as yeah, you, I mean, uh, he's he's a he's anything. a sporadic mind, Jack. He's, sure. you know, yeah, he's have you seen have place. you seen his hair? It's all over the place. He um, it's funny because like I think like uh, just as a sidebar, movies and graphic novels like share so much DNA as like sequential like art forms. Right. Yeah. Like I mean, frame that, by frame. That's why that's comic books work so well, and they they were yeah. picked up as pretty much like a a heavy medium that follows along with just like the heaviest mm-hmm. of them all, such as like film and books and yeah. everything. Like it's. Uh, it, I, I don't know, but he said that, you know, he, he claims to have read The Killing Joke and The Dark Knight Returns and that he kind of dug those and that those were kind of like, you know, what the studio was interested in anyway yeah. uh, for some kind of like a like a hokey, instead of a hokey, like, you know, mm-hmm. following of like the Adam West movie, the Adam right. West movie and the show. And this is dark and grounded compared to Adam West. Right? Very much so. Yeah. I mean, it's also, it's a huge deal. Like uh, everybody got super up in arms when he cast Michael Keaton because they didn't think Michael Keaton would uh would work because he was like a mr mom he was a beetlejuice yeah. he was uh like a wacky crazy character on night shift like this was like totally out of uh character for him and then they changed the costume to black from blue oh i guess that is different. they did yeah. like a butt and they put like muscles and stuff on yeah. it which had never really been done before mm. and so everybody was kind of like what are you doing yeah and his reasoning behind it is like really interesting where he was like, if I cast my, it's kind of just like a chicken and the egg thing. You don't know exactly where it came from. Yeah. It's when he cast Michael Keaton, he's like, I cast this guy. Cause I didn't want to, he, he didn't want to cast these like big bulky muscular dudes. Cause you're just like, I can't see this guy dressing up like a bat to intimidate people. Yeah. You know, cause they don't really dive into where the bat comes from in this movie. Mm-hmm. You know, later, later Batman movies do. And the Nolan trilogy really kind of focused on in that first one, that yeah. fear was the reason that even like led him to, that he was afraid of bats. Right. Um, well, year one sets that up as well. Year one sets that up. Right. But in this movie, they don't set it up at all. Like he's just mm-hmm. in a bat cave and he dresses up like a bat. Right. And it made more sense to take a scrawny guy like Michael Keaton, that he would have to buff himself up and create this suit. That's super intimidating yeah. to scare the fucking piss out of uh, criminals that he was fighting. Yeah. I, uh, what, what do you guys think of, this is a kind of like our first Bruce Wayne, really. How do you guys feel of like Michael Keaton being a Bruce Wayne? Against the pedigree of other Bruce Wayne's that precede him. Well, it's interesting because I think since I've seen other Bruce Wayne's, like other takes on Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And this one is kind of a, you know, he's still the billionaire, but he's like not as suave. He's not a billionaire playboy. Yeah, no, he's not playing the billionaire playboy. He's sort of. A recluse, a, a little, little bit. Yeah, a little yeah. more reserved. Like he's I guess. not interested in that party, but for completely different reasons than like like Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne isn't interested in the parties that he's in. Right. Yeah. He's like, I got bigger fish to fry, and in this one, it seems like Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne is just kind of just like, just generally not interested in socializing with anybody. Nope. nope. He's really awkward, and he's really, but he's like, you know, when he's showing with Vicky Vale, like on their first date, like he. 
he's like suave in those moments, but he seems very like the character struck me as very like aloof and kind of in his own head. Um, but he's not brooding, mm-hmm, which no. is very different from like some of the later takes we see in Bruce Wayne. He's not very serious, even when he's like in the suit. He's kind of quippy. He'll say things like "I'm gonna kill you," but like not like it's it's different. There's like a different energy to this Batman to this Bruce Wayne that we don't really see again ever. I would say. Yeah, he's. It's it's a completely different take on it because again, I really I and I agree that Tim Burton doesn't really seem like he's all that interested in Bruce Wayne or Batman. It seems like he's kind of more interested in um, the relationship between the Joker and Batman. Right. And in this, he very much puts it at like both of these people are fucking nuts. Yeah, you know, like this guy dresses up like a bat and goes around and beats the shit out of like uh, criminals in mm. the middle of the night. Um, and, which is like a typical explanation of who Batman is and kind of yeah. like the truth about like, this is what you're doing. Like you're kind of unhinged. And then you've got the Joker who is kind of uh, going out there and, and, and shouting at the top of his lungs, like, look at me, look at me and being all crazy. But the news keeps reporting on Batman. They keep just reporting on Batman yeah. and Batman foiling the Joker, or they think that it's Batman when the Joker does it. So they're kind of, uh, he starts to get jealous and starts yeah. turning on Batman, and that's kind of where the um, where like the crisis between them and their kind of uh, their their feud kind of comes from. It's it, it kind of feels like Batman really doesn't have any uh, like he doesn't actually want to uh, stop the Joker. I know that sounds weird, but it's like there's certain points where it's like. He could and he doesn't, but and it's not from it's like. It's not like a focus of his, it seems like. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I really. It was. It's. It's. This movie has a lot of missteps in it that, like, the more you watch it or maybe the older you get and the more. The more that medium of that style of film from, like, the late 80s, early 90s starts to degrade, mm-hmm. you start to kind of see more of the holes in these old, like, action blockbusters. Well, I, I'm not sure if it was explicitly in, intentional, but uh, in, in other takes on this series you have that sort of um symbiosis between the the joker and the and batman where they can't exist without each other i think they really they go into that more in some of the other comic books and they go into that more maybe in the uh the dark knight totally yeah but yeah they, they are foils of each other and they can't really exist one without the other it changes the dynamic to have um the joker be the one who killed his parents yeah, and it's, it's really because it's Batman such getting, a weird decision. Well, I think it makes sense back then when you have like you know the the audience coming to see Batman. They're trying to broaden the audience who would be into Batman. The Batman audience is not what it is right now. So you have these people who have seen the comics. You have some of these people who engage with the Adam West show. But at the end of the day, you have this big studio release movie coming out, and you want to bring in more people. So they have to kind of maybe sim- maybe they thought it would be simplifying the plot to be like the Joker killed his parents instead of like just some random act of violence, even though that seems that later kind of becomes more effective in the other movies that it is a random act of violence, just a random crime in a crime ridden place. And that's what makes Batman engage with the crime and try to fight it. Right. Yeah. They say the mayor says at the beginning that Gotham city is like synonymous with crime, Mm. uh, in, in the nation. Yeah. I guess maybe one of you guys might know this because I don't, but, as far as like the Batman that the Adam West version, the comic book Batman that the Adam West version of the the television show and the movie is based on, is that Batman's origin story also like his parents were killed? Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so it was always based on his parents. Yeah, his parents got shot down in Crime Alley, and, you know, it was by this... I mean, it's kind of uh, fluctuated, you know, like uh, the, the heaviest one that everybody seems to stick to is that it was he was killed by Joe Chill, mm. uh, who eventually, uh, who I, I believe in the... Yeah, he eventually dies, um, and Batman can't do anything well, about like, it. Well, like, uh, that has always been... No, no, that from... always, that hasn't always been the case. When Batman first came out in like, I mean, Detective he's, Comics, he's... he was just a dude that dressed up like a bat and did like mysteries. Right. So when my... they started building on it, though, yeah, it was his parents were killed in Crime Alley right in front of him when he was a boy. He inherited their fortune, and when he grew up, he became Batman to to uh, fight crime. So I'm I'm trying to focus in on when that really became like a. Uh foundational moment for the character as far as like the comic books go i mean it would be in uh i don't know the specific uh line that it was in but i would imagine at some point in detective comics after he had been around for several issues and people were kind of like why does this guy do what he does in a kind of lack lax way you know just like where's this guy come from how did he get his money what does he do what is wayne industries did he start it i think uh you know they might have just like you know alluded to his parents like that time your parents blah 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 it's probably something between him and alfred or maybe even him and robin like once robin showed up uh but yeah it was pretty much solidified quite early that batman is a uh you know he's an orphan and right. I think that kind of leads very much into explaining the relationship he eventually gets with Robin, where he's like, Robin is an orphan as well. Right. And they're these two orphans that fight crime against the very thing that took their parents away from them. But I suppose to Robbie's point, like in 89, when this movie came out, how, you know, how right, people... right now, right now, like as far as Batman goes, everybody knows that Batman's parents were killed. Right, yeah. that's like a ubiquitous thing. Like, mm-hmm. Most knows most origin movie. stories of superheroes, we all kind of know. It we all kind of. I, yeah. I been think that home for us, but in eighty nine, yeah, I how... think that by the time Batman came out in nineteen eighty nine, there's no way to like really tell how the general populace was dealing with it. But like you said, year one had come out, mm-hmm. um, which covers that very heavily. Uh, yeah. Uh, how, the Killing Joke came out, which general, covers like, that, and I think that this movie opening with a fake out of the Waynes getting murdered in yes, Crime Alley that was cool. yeah. is very uh, telling. Of they were pretty aware that people knew, right. and this is like, oh, when it opens up, it's opening on the Waynes getting murdered in Crime Alley, and we think that that's what's happening. We see the the couple come out with a, with a little boy from a theater. And start, like, trying to get a taxi. They can't get one. They start walking down a creepy thing. Two thugs show up, and they stick them up. And then all of a sudden, the thugs just take the wallet, knock the guy out, run away. Right. And in that moment, we go up, and we see Batman just yeah, watching this couple getting robbed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you think that after what happened to him, he would really get step in there and stop it. Yeah, yeah. he just, he very much just, like, becomes yeah. a cartoon and, like, walks walks away. He, like, he weird. literally becomes... I really like that, <laughs> that too. Like that those those little, like, uh, yeah. Choice. <laughs> the little, like, the shadow, the way they did the shadow kind of disappearing there. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's it's really funny with Tim Burton. You know, he had, he had done... This is a third movie. He did Pee-wee's Big Adventure, then he did Beetlejuice, and yeah. then he did this. And pretty much, you know, he took a lot of the people from Beetlejuice and Pee-wee's Big Adventure that he had worked on that he was comfortable with and moved on to this one. Most notably, Michael Keaton from Beetlejuice, right. Danny Elfman mm-hmm. doing the music, and he uh, just kind of tackled this kind of big studio thing for the first time all on his own. Um, and it's it's this really weird idea. Like, I always think about Batman as if it's kind of 
tucked in there with all of Tim Burton's movies, but I yeah. always think it's a little later. I always think maybe he got Edward Scissorhands in first. <clears throat> But he did. Yeah. Edward Scissorhands was after this. I was very surprised when you said it was his third movie. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it's yeah. real. It's yeah. it's really it's really jarring to think about it like that. That he mm. like kind of just broke in there. Yeah. You know, at like, uh, Beetlejuice. I think is one of like the most perfect movies ever made. Like the movie just like rolls out very very well. That movie has really good pacing. It also bleeds style. I mean, like the thing about Tim Burton is that he's just a stylistic director. Yeah. His style is almost. I think maybe has gotten ahead of him or away from him and in that's, later years. that's kind but... of why Batman is very interesting because yeah. Tim Burton's take on Batman is talking about, uh, in a way, like these two artists. Yeah. You know, and this has been like, uh, this has been something that he's talked about at length in interviews about how he approached the Joker and how he approached Batman. And, you know, like kind of, again, like treating the, 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 the image of Batman, this scrawny little Michael Keaton guy, having to uh, paint a picture Mm-hmm. of himself to these criminals and like and and structure it and like build all this stuff and it's yeah. you know it's not as technical as like the Nolan movies and that's what made the Nolan movies so special is that they really took this outlandish outrageous uh mm-hmm. character and really grounded it with yeah. modern technology slightly modern maybe just a little futuristic technology that we could just see like oh that that could exist right now if yeah. somebody came up with the idea it's like near future where it's like he has yeah. a, he has like a small scale tank type thing right yeah and this guy's just got like this gigantic car we don't know how he built it and he's got all of these yeah. gadgets we don't know where he got them from we don't know how he made the the bat suit and these are things that it's weird you know, that they don't these talk about didn't, didn't really they care don't talk about. explicitly because one of the other like you know batman doesn't have any superpowers but one thing he does he's super intelligent yeah and like the other movies kind of really like touch on that that he's like very like ingenuitive and like kind of like entrepreneurial and his like the the christopher nolan batman like maybe they don't focus on him being a genius but he's like how Kanye West knows how to get really great producers on his team to make great <laughs> albums. Like, uh, Bruce Wayne's just like, well, I'm going to hit you up. You're going to make my tanks. Uh, I'm going to hit this company up to set me all my dope bat masks. You're going to make the batarangs. And then he, you know, gets uh, yeah, the best that, Kanye West then, Batman then he, album ever. And he executes those people shortly after so they can't reveal a secret. Mm-hmm. Well, no well they just order in bulk so they have no idea what it is. Yeah, even yeah. when they see a flying bat person. But we'll get to that when we <laughs> get to those. That's later. I mean, I think it's hard It's hard to talk about this movie without talking about what happens after it. I think Absolutely. We've been, we've been spending a lot of this kind of conversation being like, well, I mean, like this... But, like, you know, what happens in the later movies, it, it kind of makes more sense or, like, they kind of get the character more. But, like, as a first kind of foray into Batman... And having Tim Burton do it, like, the DNA for all Batman films start from here. You know, we see major I, yeah. scenes again, like, the scenes where Batman's, like, uh, about to shoot Joker with the, where he's in the bat plane. And uh, he's, like, shooting Joker. Joker's like, come on, come on, come on. That's so reminiscent of Dark Knight. Yeah, they know. took a lot from this movie. Uh, and it's the things that work uh, yeah. in grandiose ways. You know, like, that scene, I, I hate that fucking scene in this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, you're shaking your head a lot. It, it was, just makes no, it makes no fucking sense. Batman scene. can't hit him, and he shoots this one bullet from a from a gun that, like, he shouldn't have been able to hop off that, 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 that float a little while ago if he's got that gigantic gun down his pants. Did he grab it afterwards? Very possible that he grabbed it afterwards. I don't like that he shoots Bob. That was a weird choice. I don't like that he shoots Bob. I Bob think, was his main dude. But I the think joke that that's crazy. A, a very, crazy. like... He's an agent of chaos, man. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Some people just want to see the world burn. Yeah, I mean, it's Bob is such a fun character through that thing. It's, he he reminds me of... Uh, 
Do you, uh, was it White Feather who comes to the bank square? Do you guys know White Feather? Oh, the person that we know personally in our yes, lives. Yes. Yeah. I think it's kind of. He kind of looks. I wanted to say that during during when we were watching the movie, but I figured right now, and no one would understand. Oh yeah. Who listens to this? Yeah, he reminds really me of that time. guy. He's uh, right, sli- the same haircut. Sli- slightly creepy, and uh, yeah. this yeah. guy like, kind of just walks right. Different guy. They're friends, though. <laughs> They're friends. That's another two. All right, we got to get away from this. It's my fault. But, I mean, Bob looks great in a fedora. Yeah. He looks great in a leather jacket. These are things that not many people look great in but think that they do and wear them anyway. Yeah. I did Bob like... pulls it off. Bob, Bob pulls it off. Bob pulls it off. Bob looks great. Some and that's good also... moves as well. Some good dance moves. He's, he's got, got some style. great dance moves on that float. Yeah, I'm a fan he's, of he's really uh, Boombox Man. Boombox Man might Boombox be my Man's good. That's another thing that's really fun about this Joker that scene is, is how probably he my favorite is scene. how he uh, he scores his mm-hmm. scenes. Like when he comes into these moments, yeah. he's actually like creating. He's the a composer. Moment. Yes, in he's, a way. he's yeah. very artistic, and that's like we were t- like I was talking about with Batman has to paint this picture of himself, and so does the Joker, and the Joker like well, creates the Joker, this image. You brought up during the movie, which I thought was really like cool, of like Joker poisoning all of the uh, makeup and like face care products in Gotham, and how he's kind of like stripping Gotham away from vanity and things like that. Right. Yeah. There's you know? there's tons of like uh, theories about which are really weird and they're reaching, they make sense and they tell maybe a little bit are there, but they talk about how like, you know, the big acts that he does uh, that we see him do, the big moments of uh, like homicidal art that he does is he releases, uh, you know, like these chemical products that make people not be able to uh, make themselves look the way that they want to look, which is better. Uh, and, that's, and it's, his se- own, it's like the seven like, deadly sins he takes uh, away from them and the idea is that if he had not been stopped by Batman he would have continued like the parade is greed mm-hmm. um, the uh, the the art is um, art is I guess that's also a play on like kind of vanity yeah, like yeah. right yeah it's like these plays that he keeps uh, that he keeps like working with because I think he puts stuff in food too don't they say like they're fasting no, I think they, they're, they're, they're talking fasting about fasting from the, from the cosmetics yeah. and the makeup, and they're all just getting pimples and stuff. That was really face. that was a really funny scene, and like kind of the take on media, which is another thing you brought up during the movie was really fun too. I just feel like uh, this movie, you know, I really like this movie in like kind of the vacuum it exists because it's so strange and like you know being kind of like the inception of like Batman of what we see later in our lives. <laughs> but I also feel like that there's. A lot of like cool theories like that that you could like you know like think about from like an article writing standpoint. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like interesting nuggets of things from this movie, but nothing really kind of goes all the way because I don't think Tim Burton could necessarily went all the way with kind of the different things you could pull from this movie. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of like half steps in these fun directions, you know. Yeah, it's like I said again. It comes back to it's that weird. that like he seems like he's more in love with the Joker than Batman, or I think it's more in love with the relationship yeah. between Batman and the Joker in this sense that he's creating. It's not like the relationship from the comics or, you know, what they tackle in the Dark Knight. Like, this is kind of, he's creating his own thing where there's these two guys, yeah. you know, and as heavy-handed as it is, like, they each made one another, one begets the other, yeah. and, like, they're artists of this different ilk that are kind of going about their art in a different way. Batman hides, and he, he hides his identity, and he and he, he, he goes around at night in the shadows Joker where you can't trying see to, like, him. Become more and Joker guy. is out there, he's yeah. on TV, he's loud, he's bright, he's, like, they're, they're, they're two sides of the same coin, mm-hmm. which is a very easy way to approach the story, and it is kind of the simplistic way that everybody approaches 
you know, the story of the relationship between Batman and the Joker. Yeah. But this one's just kind of done with either not enough care or a little bit too much finesse where it kind of just gets lost in it. And Tim Burton's fully aware of what he's doing, but he might not be explaining it or delving out that information to the audience enough where it kind of gets lost on people. Yeah. I mean, it was also a brave new world of comic book movies. Like, comic book movies were not a thing. Oh, absolutely. Well, Super, Superman pre-existed. Batman, Superman right? pre-existed, but I mean, Superman fell off really quick. I mean, yeah. the they first one was like, super successful. The second, second one was super one, successful. And yeah. then the third and fourth were were not that great. I mean, like, they might have made money, but uh, they, weren't good. they weren't getting, they weren't doing that really good. I don't think Quest for Peace actually did good either way yeah. but i mean i think now as a modern audience we take comic book movies for granted like comic book yeah. movies are the biggest movies out there mm-hmm. right now and yeah. back that was then not that was so. not the case mm-hmm. they were totally a niche thing we didn't get a i mean like you know spoiler the batman movies have a really dark period of being very bad uh in the like well i mean it's really batman uh, and, directly following well no it's batman and, it's batman later. and robin yeah. and uh it's Batman and Robin. That's really the Batman Forever is fairly well received, though, right? I like Batman Forever. It's been a while since I've seen it, things. which is like why yeah. I'm excited to watch it again. But Batman and Robin was the one where people were just like, yeah, see, ah, that's, we're that's done. like Batman Forever yeah. is specifically made to watch with your friends. Like, yeah, it is, and I'll slam my hand on the table to explain <laughs> that to you. Like, it is that we'll, is we'll a get lot there, of fun, and I'm sure you you will slam your hand on that table. But it's not until we get to like X Men and Spider Man that we see kind of the the reinsurgence, definitely. And the modern template yeah, and for superhero movies—it's a while yeah. ago. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting, you know. Even in our kind of like current mindset, it really makes a lot of sense. Even when you look at it now on paper, at, in our if we didn't know too much about the past, it's just like, oh yeah, Tim Burton made like one of the first Batman movies. It's kind of like, yeah, you know, I mean, the guy who made that really weird Alice in Wonderland movie—that kind of makes fucking yeah. sense, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like so. This is '89, so we had the Superman movies. Um, both the uh, the Dolph Lundgren Punisher movie and the original Captain America movie had come out. There's the Captain Dolph America Lundgren movie? Oh, these exist? Oh, yeah, that's a thing. 80s. 80s, yeah. Yeah, yeah mid-80s. So, yeah, Shit. both of those have been out, but again, Not like, well very received. poorly received. Yeah. Um, and I think this was also another way to try and, uh, like, like, uh, like yeah, they were, the, uh, the stock market... In the 80s, was all fucked up. Uh, again, too, like, we had just come out of, um, yeah, we're talking, like, they, they, they were coming out, movie, like, Wall Street came out, like, right before this movie. Yeah. And, like, they were, I think that... The place? Wall Street? The movie. The road. Oh, I see. The film Wall Street, starring uh, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> and... Uh, Shia LaBeouf as the seaman? As yeah, he was he, as the he was inside yeah. someone in the in the yeah. in the background. Are we talking about even Stevens, up. and we're just getting confused? Um, <laughs> it, it, like like everybody, there, there have been. I think that's why there's like that huge uh, placation on like money in this and greed and yeah. You know, and I kind of like the fact that uh, Bruce Wayne, they kind of overlook the fact that he's like so rich. Uh, they kind of do a couple jokes at it at first, you know? Yeah, it's Knox, like, you got him, you got him. Knox is like, can I get a grant? Which I think is one of the best jokes it in any funny. movie uh, ever. Can you get this guy Can I grant? get a grant? Yeah, can yeah. you get him a grant? Like, it's really good. It's 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 indicative of how how in dick uh, yeah. Bruce Wayne is. And, uh, and it's also just like, it lightens the mood for a while because yeah. you just got done with this like super somber scene of them looking at a bunch of... 
like other wor- otherworldly like uh, costumes, and it just like the whole thing is dreary, and it's like it's they're old shitting Tim on it, Burton, yeah. like not utilizing CGI, but still trying to create that that tone that he gets with just silly, silly fucking cartoon nonsense. I think that scene's really effective because uh, Bruce Wayne. Batman is like a side character. The movie is, you know, Batman's kind of like this force in the first act of the movie. He's a side character. I almost wish that like, you know, I think nowadays it would sound crazy to be like, this is a story about real people that exist in the superhero world and the superhero character is kind of like a side piece. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I tell that to the show Gotham because they haven't figured that out yet either. But I think that, uh, I feel I think it's it's interesting, and I think those scenes work really well. That like Batman's kind of like interjecting with these normal people because he's not a normal person; mm-hmm. he's a weirdo. So I really like that he's kind of portrayed this as a fucking weirdo. Be the weirdest Batman that we get, because even yeah. in Batman Returns, it's grounded which in the, is the one that, I, that which is the one that I've seen the most out yeah. of all of them. And is he more even grounded in, in that because the world? I think he's way more grounded yeah. because we're actually starting to get a relationship between him. As Bruce Wayne and a relationship with him as Batman between yeah. both Selina Kyle and Catwoman. So we're getting a little bit more into him mm-hmm. in Batman Returns. In this one, the whole Vicky Vale thing is just very flat. Again, it seems like Burton's not really interested in the love story between Bruce Wayne and Vicky Vale. It honestly seems like he's more interested in the love story between the Joker and Vicky Vale. Like the like ending up yeah. ending up with the Joker. And like the, the 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 dialogue, and again, this could just be Jack Nicholson's amazing delivery. Like, have we stated that yet? How amazing Jack Nicholson I'm is! I'm saving. Oh, yeah. I'm saving some uh, real Joker talk for like the last chunk of the okay, podcast. Okay, good because I really want to come in. Come in like another four minutes. We're gonna get in there. It's very good. Um, um, but yeah, even like with their dance at the end, you know, Jack Nicholson is like delivering like some of these best lines. Yeah, you know, and exuding his his love for uh vicky vale however demented or ill-placed or um tricky and lying it may be yeah you know and uh, the, the way the way bruce wayne and vicky vale talk to each other is just totally stumbling over each other and when alfred <laughs> brings her into the bat cave and just like kind of drops her off and Alfred's leaves, <laughs> Alfred's a weird character it, it's just like too. you know and again like michael goff is mm. uh, is fucking great in this and there's a reason why they kept him around for so long the is because longest recurring really, character or in Gordon i don't know too, like right? you guys are uh like a little bit younger yeah so i don't know like when you guys think of alfred do you guys think of michael kane do you think of like the little mustached one from the animated series or... It's hard it, for me. It's like really hard for me to answer. Yeah, it's hard to say because I think for us, Alfred has always changed. He's very different. I yeah. mean, like I don't necessarily. Even though in the, the top of the podcast, we both said animated series is kind of our main go to. Right, animated series. Alfred not really comes to mind either. No, he's always. Yeah, there is not one Alfred that really sticks out in yeah. my mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When I think Alfred, it's 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 Michael Goff. Oh, it makes sense. He was life. Alfred for almost ten. Well, not almost ten years, but like. Uh, Coming clo- co- it would be close, close ten years. Yeah. I think. Uh, what was it? it uh, Batman and Robin. He's was fucking in old in the first one. Ninety-six. Yeah. So I think so. Ninety-six, ninety-seven. Uh, so, yeah, I, that's yeah. that's the one that I think of because he's just he gets. I always think of the Diet Coke commercial, which we <laughs> totally should have watched before we watched this because they released this great Diet I'm Coke campaign. Having a campaign. weird like Vietnam flashback. Oh, it's so good. It's like he's 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 calling in. 
for like Alfred is calling in for a pickup uh, because, you know, you remember you used to be able to call the grocery store and say, this is what I want. Could you do that? Back you then? could do that back then. I mean, it costs a lot of fucking money. So uh, nobody fucking did it. You can still do that. You can still do that today, but, but it, costs, some money. it costs a lot of fucking money. So nobody does it. Um, in certain areas. I think it's like an Uber thing. It's like you, you, can, yeah. you can do it in like hip cities do it. You could do it at any shop, right? I mean, technically, you could do it anywhere. It's slavery. Like, you just get to pay some... <laughs> it's indentured servitude. You pay somebody to go get you the, get yeah. you the stuff. You can pay... If you pay uh, me enough money, I'll, I'll get your fucking groceries together. Really? We'll talk about the podcast. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. I'll be your uh, But yeah, he's like calling in and he's it. like, we're going to need this. We're going to need that. And oh, we're going to also need uh, some Diet Coke. Oh, and just so you know... The driver will be in quite a hurry. And they show, like, the Batmobile, like, <laughs> and then it's, like, just for the taste of it. And they show Michael Gough, of all people, drinking the Diet Coke. Huh. Not Batman. It's Alfred drinking the Coke. And then they show the Coke cam with, like, a, uh, a cartoon cape blowing, like, that's attached to it. Wow, you remember this It's got like a little well. mini. Well, because it used to be on the VHS tape of Batman, uh, which I still own. My, my Batman VHS tape from when I was a kid. Yeah. And it used to play right before that. Like when you had the Raiders of the Lost Ark or the Temple of Doom one. Yeah, they had that Coca-Cola one where like yeah. a big crater breaks in front of like the entertainment system in this like suburban white family's house. And they got to like whip across it to be able to get the Coke can before it falls in. I think uh, that was probably Last Crusade maybe. Coca-Cola has been the, the drink of moviegoers for quite some time now. It's still it is. In the, the it's the old. only reason I drink that soda. The only time I ever drink. Because you just fucking love movies. Because <laughs> I fucking love movies and I drink Coke when I go to the movies. Like, don't that's tell, it, popcorn don't tell our uh, sponsor more good. I mean, they got the cold. Oh, cold. they know. They absolutely hate me. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a piece of shit. All right. So uh, maybe for like the last, I don't know how long this podcast is going to go, but I want to, we got to have some serious fucking Joker talk. Jack, tell me, how does the Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson joker stack up to other jokers that you maybe like or remember and kind of general impressions on this one i mean for me i think the there's three jokers that stick out in my mind Mm. jack nicholson yes heath ledger and mark hamill jared leva nope not the one haven't seen that one sorry sorry um and uh i think all of them have their own strong suits but Jack Nicholson is a joy to watch in this movie. He's great. He's awesome. It's it's a it's a transcendence where you're just kind of like, I can't even compare this to anything else. Yeah. Let alone Heath Ledger or Mark Hamill well, or Jared Leto. I mean, the last like, thing I saw, the last thing I saw Jack Nicholson in was I we recently watched One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest again oh, yeah. when you showed it, mm-hmm. you screened it, uh, at the Hudson Valley Brewery mm-hmm. for story screen. Mm-hmm. Pop-up. Which is the company that we're doing this the podcast the, that's for. That's what we work. That's Plugs. what we're right, for. Right, yeah. Right. Plugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In case you guys don't know, this is a story screen podcast. If I wanted to maybe like listen to more podcasts or maybe read some articles by... Uh, well, my friend, you can go to storyscreenbeacon.com. I think we're forgetting what? who's hosting and when the podcast is ending. Oh, it's shit, not right now. Right. Oh. We're talking about the fucking Joker. Okay. He's good. Jack Nicholson is good. He's good. Robert the Alfred Anderson. Anderson. That's me. That's what we always call him. Every day, every day, you guys call me to remind me that that's who I am. Uh, yeah, no, like it, it's uh, when Jack Nicholson got uh, picked for this. It was like the exact opposite when Michael Keaton got picked. Uh, Michael Keaton got picked. Everyone was like, "Fuck you." Um, <coughs> when Jack Nicholson got picked for the Joker, obviously everybody was like, "Okay, We're here's a, a fun little story about this." I'm sure you have one. Very quick. 
please. Uh, <laughs> Jack Nicholson did not want to fucking do this movie. Hmm. He had absolutely yeah. zero fucking interest at his age at that time of playing the fucking Joker in a Batman movie. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't want to do it. Um, so he started making demands. He wanted <laughs> a shit ton of money. And they said, you got it. And he wanted uh, kind of a certain level of creative control. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you got it. And then he was like, I also want to have, um, I want to have rights. I want to have stocks in this movie's profit. I want to have, I want to make money as this movie makes money. And they were like, you got it. What do they call that? There's a word for that. The word is escaping me right now because I drank too much beer. Okay. Mm. Um, but they said, you got it. And then he was like. Points. Oh, points. Points. Sure. Yeah. I think uh, that's it. And then he was like, I want to get money off of the profits of the next two Batmans as well. Oh, and I don't want to be in them. And they went, you got it. Holy Jack shit. Nicholson's part. What are you laughing Jack the Napier and the Joker in 1989's Batman is the highest paid acting gig an actor has ever gotten adjusted for inflation or anything still not still. even touched. Wow. That yeah. man has made more money than Bruce Wayne actually has <laughs> in Batman off of... Like, he made money off of Returns. The motherfucker made money off of Forever. That's it's insane. It's one nuts. of the It's one of the coolest stories about Jack Nicholson. And there I are mean, a lot of those. You know, that's the craziest thing I've ever heard. Hyperbole. It's excuse. fucking nuts. But that being said, like he is the best part of this movie. Right. And you know, I, like, I think it's a, a good move that. for them to be like, so whatever the fuck you want, stay here. Well, please. that's pretty much what they did was because yeah. Tim Burton, you know, like he was, it was like his first big movie. Yeah. He knew how to direct Michael Keaton because he worked with him on Beetlejuice. Right. And he could kind of talk with, talk with Michael Keaton. And Jack Nicholson was apparently super supportive. Mm. With Tim Burton and was like, this is how it works. The producers are going to do that shit to you. Don't don't take it to heart. Yeah. Do what you want to do. Get what you want. Uh, I'm going to be there want, for you. Get what you need yeah. and just keep going. He said something along those lines. And Jack Nicholson was nothing but supportive. And they would do take after take. And Jack Nicholson would bring a different... He would do something different just about every time. Yeah. He would get the basic stuff out there that he would need to do. But he would kind of react differently. Do a different thing. And then Tim Burton would pick from, like, those eight or ten different takes yeah. what worked the best for him. Like him acting like an owl or something. Wait till they get a load of me. Who, who, I have a mind to get me some Mookie. Yeah, that was a that was a really good line. Mookie, which is uh, getting sex, some ring-a-ding-ding. Getting some ring-a-ding-ding. Who would have thunk, us young millennials, that that was what sex meant? Getting ring-a-ding-ding. Well, there you go. You rat pack. That's what they say. This this says uh, he's made. This is just a quick cursory Google search. Over a hundred million dollars for playing the Joker. Jesus, that's a lot of money. Jesus, that's a lot. That's, that's one a movie. Lot that's of money. one movie in 1989. In 1989, yeah, that's a lot of money for that Almost time. Almost 30 years ago, and yeah. I think like he's still making money from it though. I think sure that's is. the thing. Like, anytime person, they yeah. re-release like oh, a box my set of the Batman, it's like oh here. here here ha ha ha, it's that thing that I did. What was that? You released a new action figure this, uh... that's kind of my face? Oh, thank you. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a rumor that he's coming back. Jack Nicholson, because he retired. Coming back to acting? To yeah, acting. he's coming back. And we'll apparently, see, we'll I don't know. What's the last that. thing he was in? I, th- I honestly think that it was The Departed. 
I don't think that he did anything. No, didn't after bucket, the list bucket, list? List? bucket List come out? Oh, the after Bucket that. List did come after that. I remember so, really yeah, no, enjoying that movie. The Departed was the last movie yeah, that he was in. <laughs> you know what's on my bucket list? Not Making everybody movie. forget about the bucket list. Well, he'll thank you for that. Did you see that movie? I saw I that movie has a lot of heart. I was a young man when I saw that. The bucket list. I saw that's like I haven't seen Terminator two, but I fucking saw <laughs> I the bucket about, list. I was just in about theaters. to say which. No, I think we got a date. August twenty fifth. August twenty fifth. Listener, Robbie. Robbie's like Alfred Anderson is finally gonna see Terminator two G D in three D in three D. With my D out, and it's gonna be a great time for it's everybody. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you seen Jaws? I think the Joker is a really. Wait, wait, no, I'm, I'm saying that right now because while we're on the subject, they are putting Jaws out around Fourth of July. The Alamo is showing Jaws. I will not answer that question directly. I would not be opposed to doing a hot take on seeing Jaws at the Alamo. Okay. Does that sound fair? Sure. Everyone agrees. Why we're all not? in agreement sure. with that. Yeah, I think uh, I agree with Jack that the you know my three main Joker's picks would be the same. It's the Mark Hamill because of the animated series. And Mark Hamill is like, you know, when I think about the Joker's voice in my head, it is that Mark Hamill, especially because mm-hmm. like the work he did in the Arkham games, which are like basically the animated series for grownups, which is great. Um, but the Joker, Jack Nicholson, I really I think, like. I don't how... think that I've heard that before. Oh yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's, that's exactly it's, what it is. It's totally. They were just like what? oh. I've never heard, like, I've played those games, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, and uh, I've never heard them referred to as, like, the animated series for grown-ups. Gross. That's, like, yeah. a perfect... Well, I mean, they made it for the people who are now 20 that watched mm-hmm. the animated series. Right, I've just never up. heard it yeah. spoken. Like, it's I a totally got yeah. that, but yeah. I've yeah. never yeah. I've never heard it articulated like that, and I was like, that's yeah. exactly what it fucking is. Like, Everyone's trying to sell that to anybody. all those major voice actors back for that game. Yeah, and they all... And, like, you know, the writing feels... Super similar to the the animated series, you know, it's probably the the longest running and like like top quality like Batman property. I would say there's like very few dips and things like that mm-hmm. in terms of like how long it went on and how good it was. But um, you know, I do like you know Mark Hamill's like my Joker. But the thing is, like, I love the Jack Nicholson Joker because he's terrifying by how fucking weird he is, and you act like he does make the room he's feel dangerous. Got like a, yeah, exactly. You know? He's got a thing where you're like, if I was in the fucking room with this guy, you don't know what he's gonna do. Either. He's very like yeah. I think uh, him when he uh, when he kills that mob boss. Yeah, and then he's talking to the mob boss after he just let all the other mob bosses go. And he's like, think it over, get out of here. Yeah, and then he's talking to the mob boss. And the charred the, body. Dead. Yeah, the charred yeah. body. He's, he's like, I'm so glad I killed you. his voice, you know, telling yeah. him, and he says, he, he's like, he's like, your friends are kind of good. I'll give him a couple of days to think it over. Oh, just, just, just grease them all right now? <laughs> You're a dirty bastard. <laughs> I'm glad you're dead. Yeah. And he just starts laughing yeah. and walking off. And I love how his voice slowly, like, you know, gets away from the mic and he's like I'm glad you're dead the <laughs> Nicholson Joker it's, laugh is really good the Nicholson it's Joker the, laugh is very yeah, very, very good, good. And I, I think it's very informative of my favorite Joker mm. which is Heath Ledger Heath Ledger's a good it's, Joker it's just a, it's an amazing performance what Jack Nicholson does could anybody else have done we'll never know yeah nobody else could have done what Heath Ledger did in The Dark Knight. And I don't say that out of respect for The Departed. <laughs> I don't say that out of respect for The Bucket List. Mm. I say that because every time you watch The Dark Knight, you think you're ready for it. And yeah. you're fucking not. Because he just always... keeps 
it, it's always good and it's always fresh. It oh, every line that he says, even though you know verbatim and exactly how he's going to say it, yeah. what he's going to say, it still feels like I mean, the, the first thing time. Is, Joker it's, steals it's the show. It's the reason why the three Arkham games did not not have a Joker. It's the reason that like uh, Dark Knight Rises was. You know, probably originally meant to have Joker in it, oh, but then sure. he died, and then they had to be like, yeah, "We made this instead." Um, it's you know the Batman movies after Batman nineteen eighty nine worked, but like you know everyone remembers Jack Nicholson's Joker for sure. You know, it's, like it's yeah. interesting that you brought up how everybody shit on Keaton being cast as Batman because if you remember, everybody, everybody shit, on shit on Heath Ledger, Ledger being right? Cast yeah, as no, Batman. there was, Very there, that was similar. definitely the huge uh, connection between that, and it's and it's really funny too because Keaton held. The, uh, the um, most Batman uh, title for the longest time until The Dark yeah. Knight Rises came out in, uh, what, when did that movie come out? Mean, 2010? You mean Begins? No, because oh, in no, Batman we... Begins, he'd only done it for one. In right. Dark Knight, uh, he'd done it for two, and he was tied. He only beat him in The Dark Knight Rises. True. Fair, fair, fair. That's true. Except for Kevin Conroy. I mean, shit, can we, can we, uh, can we so count, can we count uh, Birdman? As a That's sort a of quasi Batman yeah, sequel, I will. It's a meta. Bat- it's I a bet, meta Batman. You know who I bet does count it. <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing I wanted to say about Jack Nicholson's Joker. No, wait, who? Michael Keaton. Ah, That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what I, was uh, I really like. Uh, <laughs> I really Is that your Joker left. Yeah, it's my. Ah, I really like <laughs> how. Uh, I like a better Alfred, I think. Uh, yeah. That was actually a pretty it's good. It's my actual laugh, too. Don't bad. talk to me. Well, you know, Birch kind of looks like Jack Nicholson. Right? All right. Yeah. Um, I really like how the. There's two things I really. Oh, there's many things I like about the Jack Nicholson Joker, but two things that really stand out to me is that I like how much he is really designed after the Adam West Joker. They look very similar. Oh, Caesar. R- R- Romero? Romero, right? Is it? C- I think it's Cesar Romero. I oh my it so much beer. Cesar goodness. Romero is a name. I don't think that's the name. <laughs> it's it's a, I don't think it is. Uh, I don't think it is. It's definitely the, Caesar. We should have just said Caesar and left it at that. <laughs> now, we, we gotta now, go too deep. now there's somebody listening to this right now. Flipping their iPad just like, into the garbage. Fucking, no, no. They're just like, no, you're right. Is it Cesar Romero? Got you, nerd. Got you, motherfucker. Eat my dick. Anyway, so like... I really like how that design Why do I choice... trust myself? I, I don't totally know. You're usually... Uh, why didn't right. I trust you? I don't know. We all uh-huh. have to think about it. But I really... like. I think that was a really interesting choice to kind of... Um, to, like, or maybe not like, an interesting choice, but like, like that's what the Joker looked like. And Jack Nicholson looks like a really... In the same way where like Heath Ledger's Joker looks like a really dark, messed up version of the Joker. Like the darkest like iteration we've seen. Uh, except until we get to New Fifty Two Joker, which is another conversation for something else. But uh, when we see, like, uh, kind of the Jack Nicholson Joker kind of being directly linked to the Romero Joker, and he's like very much like way dark. Like that is the darkness of this movie. That's like when you're like this kind of a dark Batman movie. That's kind of where it is. But the other point I wanted to bring up is I really like how Joker is. Um, he's a mobster in this movie. He's mm. a mobster usually in all the movies, but this is one. He's like a yeah, he, real mobster. Jack and Napier is, is kind of like a sucker, yeah. you know. And I love how um, uh, do you like Falafel's first iteration of uh, Eckhart, who's Porkins from Star Wars? Yes, mm-hmm. you brought that up. I was... brought that up many times because yes. you guys were out of the. Out of, out of I, had to, just, I had to tell I you to stop. I had to tell you to stop. I had to tell you to stop. Eckhart tells him you're you're an A one like sucker, A one like nutso. 
you know, like everybody knows that you're fucking crazy. Like uh, he got, I love when they read off his rap sheet. Uh, Alfred brings Bruce Wayne, uh, uh, Jack Napier's. Oh, like file. Rap sheet. Yeah, yeah, his file, and it's like, oh, arrested for when he was fifteen for, for like assault with a deadly weapon because he had a knife or something, and then he uh, got a psychological uh, like uh, he got like a he got psychoanalysis and he was uh, found to have like uh, mood swings and like extremely intelligent, extremely intelligent yeah, and proficient, and in, proficient science, in science, chemistry, chemistry and, and art. art. Hmm, chemistry. chemistry. Alfred, let's go shopping, and maybe that's where that commercial comes from. That's they That's ordered the, the all coat. the stuff, and yeah, Batman's yeah, yeah. got to go get it. And, and Alfred's like, while Batman's out the door, he's just like, "Oh, and, and Master Bruce, I'll call in some Dice. diet coke." We will show the scene where, uh, where you know Bruce Wayne's dressing up, and you know Alfred's helping him put his cowl on. It's super heavy. He's just like, "I swear to God, if you forget <laughs> the diet coke this fucking time, I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to lose my shit, Alfred. So while I'm going to do the fucking the dirty work, and you just get some may goddamn I, groceries for the house? Yes, master. May I order yes, you master a sandwich, Ray. sir? I'll get takeout. Is that from a thing, too? Yeah, you'll figure it out. Is that a joke? Is that forever, or is that... Who did we say was the true joker of Gotham? Jared Leto. The mayor. The mayor. When the mayor at the end, when he says... Uh, when he says, uh, the crime in Gotham City is no longer no, a laughing, laughing matter. matter. Meanwhile, like, the corpses of everyone who's been gassed <laughs> who's by the floats probably still, still in the Which, too, like, I yeah. noticed this time, um, because I had never really connected, and maybe I wasn't paying attention, and this is why I'm super excited about this. It's because I was, I know that we were, like, you know, joshing at this movie, uh, the same way that we normally did, like, with Fast and the Furious, because, like, it, I gotta tell you guys, too, I've missed this. Oh, oh yeah. this is a lot. No, it's been oh, very yeah. nice. This is a lot of fun. Nice. Uh, I, I, the, I know we were joshing with, but I was actually paying attention to this movie more specifically when it, with the scenes that I didn't really remember. I remember Jack Nicholson doing the whole yeah. mafia boss thing and killing that guy. We got a live one here. Like I remember a lot of those things, but the certain things like the TV show, uh, the uh, the newsreel when they say that the. There's a lot in this that I never had picked up on that I picked up on this one, and that's that the mo- the two models. There were yeah. models that died first. Yes. Never picked up on that before. Mm-hmm. Even though they say it, I just it never connected with me. It was like just two people died, I thought. Mm-hmm. There were models so with the cosmetics. And then he uses the heads, the pictures of those people and superimposes them on these like cardboard cutouts. Or are they the actual bodies? They can't be the actual bodies of like when he's on the beach and then he puts the fake the, mouths the over. Fake oh, mouths yeah. On yeah. I'm not it's, really these, sure. it's these beautiful models who have been killed by the Joker and he's using them to sell the product that he used to kill them. And there's like this kind of twisted fun to that that mm. never connected with me before. I never got that. Yeah. And that entire thing became super dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All the Joker stuff is like really unsettling and really dark, and like he because it's handled in that kind of campy yeah right. manner right. Um, it, it's weird, but that's like another thing where like you know that's when we get into discussion of like vanity and like art, like being the homicidal artist. But the thing is, like, we never. I kind of wish the movie kind of turned the wheel more in that direction, so we could have some more of like that that discussion because then it kind of turns into him just kind of wanting to. Bang Vicky Vale, and then him being like, "I want to give two hundred dollars," and or I just like, is it about his ego? Like, 
it's hard to really pinpoint kind of like the like the major theories and kind of like things to deeply analyze about the movie. Like there, there's not enough that kind of hits and lands to directly pull those things from the film. Well, it's like you said before, Mike, is that Tim Burton being too subtle? Or is that yeah. Tim Burton just being a little bit inexperienced and yeah. not landing those themes? Mm-hmm. Tim Burton is uh, – I'm currently reading a book right now, uh, Burton on Burton, and it's pretty much – Is that your fan fiction or <laughs> – It's like Alien Covenant what if, what with uh, Fossbender on Fossbender. I don't know. Maybe our listeners want to read it. I'd but read it. Maybe I want to read it. Rodney, yeah. I gotta read yeah. it. I'm going to yeah. jerk off. Do you want to read it? Yeah, it's erotic, right? Don't, don't, don't use the audience is as, it erotic? A, as a scapegoat. Is it They've been with us this long. How don't, erotic is it? Don't abuse them. I'm How just trying to be the audience surrogate here. Uh, no, Burton on Burton is, is it? a uh, it's a, a, a compilation of interviews um, that a guy put together on three separate occasions. This is the uh, the second edi- the the second revised edition that I'm reading, and pretty much it's compiled of uh, interviews that the guy did with Tim Burton uh, from pretty much I think it's uh, from when he was doing Planet of the Apes. To okay. when he was editing Corpse Holy Bride shit, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. And he pretty much just sat Tim Burton down and talked to him about all of these movies. That, so kind of all like, the movies he's ever done. Yeah. And it's in his own words. It's actually really, really good. I totally recommend it. Because it's one of the things about it is you're kind of getting an insight into a guy who totally agrees with you about a lot of his movies. Mm. Yeah. He very much is... But he's also got this... You know, Obviously, he's going to stand up for himself. Yes, and he's yeah. got some things in there that I'm like... Fuck, man! I kind of really want to rewatch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory now. Yeah. yeah. Out of like, just I just gotta try and do it. I mean, and I also too do love that he is completely unapologetic about Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow is is I think I is like great. Sleepy Hollow. I, I think too. Sleepy Hollow is fantastic. I think it's one of the most beautifully photographed yeah. movies I've ever fucking seen. When you just think about Robbie hasn't seen it. When you just think about the palette. <sighs> Oh, and like just like, or if you even want to think about it, like a canvas, and and you know, it's it's abs, it's it's breathtaking that mm-hmm. movie, and you know, I haven't seen it in a long time. I've so seen who it. knows it's been a while since about seen certain it well. aspects of it, but uh, when I have a memory of it, I have very fond memories of it. And Christopher Walken with those teeth. Mm. What's everyone's? Uh, I mean, what's everyone's favorite Tim Burton movie? What? Was that what's your all favorite Tim Burton movie? Alice in Wonderland. Part two. Fuck you. <laughs> he didn't Fuck even direct that. One, did, he? No, he didn't. did he not direct it? Damn. No, he I, just stole I his do art not direction. Think that he directed that. Yeah. Mm. Beetlejuice. Yeah. That's a good one. I don't know if I'm strong enough of a Tim Burton fan to really say. What's your? I mean, least hated. <laughs> Kiwi's Big Adventure is a great watch mm-hmm. what a fun movie Beetlejuice like I said before it's yeah. one of the most perfect movies ever made every beat every scene everything plays off of that very well whether it serves a narrative or not both the Batman movies are solid entries into the Batman Absol- film I absolutely. do think that Batman Returns to this day is still the best ensemble so, you know, I've superhero seen Batman movie. Returns is one of the, like I think that I've seen that movie the least out of all the Batman, Batman Returns I, yeah, watch it, really I watch it every Christmas I kind of so. want I was thinking like maybe you should save this question for like Returns because that's like his kind of send off to Batman, yeah. but like I think it's like interesting honestly right though, now. like I think that with yeah. the inclusion of like an extra bad guy and more of an in depth uh, narrative with yeah. Batman and Bruce Wayne in that one, we'll have way more to talk about. Really, mm-hmm. in this one, we kind of just had Tim Burton 
Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson, yeah. really, in this. Um, uh, but my favorite Tim Burton movie is Big Fish. Big Fish is a really good movie. I really like Big Fish. I yeah. like me some Big, Big Fish. Fish. Uh, I love Jessica Lange. Um, Dr. Manhattan. Oh, Billy Crudup? Uh, Billy Crudup. <laughs> He's good. Alien yeah. Covenant is, uh, oh, is amazing. <laughs> He's amazing. I finally saw Alien Covenant, everybody. He's, uh, He's probably the worst. And there are many bad parts of Alien Covenant. He is He's one of the worst, the worst parts of Oh, no. God fear a man, that guy. Did I tell you I'm into God? Because uh, I don't think that's you're his character. Really He's into God. That's, faith, that's, that's faithful the people. Only aspect. He's the most one D character. We talked about this briefly when I when I told you Fuck I'd seen Alien man. Covenant, and I don't want this to tread off too far into an Alien Covenant it's review. Every single podast that we have, we have for is going to be me so I think that we should use Covenant. this to 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 Alien Covenant it off. Is uh, I think that Ridley Scott very much um, is trying to do something in Alien Covenant. And he doesn't completely execute it well in a narrative stance. And contextually, it kind of doesn't make any sense. And you're either into it or you're not. But he's saying some really cool things. It's some of the best CGI work as far as duplicating an actor into two or more parts in a scene. Uh, Michael Fassbender is still fucking amazing. And Danny McBride was really good. Robbie took his glasses off. You know, Alien Covenant is my favorite Tim Burton movie, bitches. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) I wish he directed the Alien movie. That'd be fucking weird. Jeez, that would be be Tim. Tim, if you're listening, just do it. Do take, an alien movie. Take it away do, from Ridley. Take yeah, it just, away from Ridley. Oh, well, you guys, they have to have I, an old man fight, and I then you'll know I won't, I won't argue that I would really like the Alien franchise to be taken off of Ridley Scott's hands and have him just keep making really weird movies. Have either of you seen The Counselor that he made a couple no. years ago? Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing. I think that when you guys are watching Alien Covenant, you're not taking into account the 80-year-old man that's making this fucking movie. Well, we were thinking about podcast. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, right, we were right, just right, like, no, I don't right. know if he knows what's going on. Um... No, um, my, the joke was, I don't know if he remembers what made Alien good because it was 40 years ago, mm-hmm. and now he's very old. I don't know. I really I really dig it. I, I mean, I, again, I, I understand the problems, and I'll listen to the podcast, yeah. and we will we will reconfer. Yeah, we'll have to um, talk So about we'll, it. we'll continue to talk about Alien podcast. Alien coming <laughs> <up>. Alien <laughs> podcast. I like that that's been the one that we're it's, totally Yeah, that's the one up. we're going to keep I'm going gonna, to. I'm in the process of... Having to watch because we're going to do over drinkers about the alien franchise, so I have to watch all those. Yep, yeah, I'm yeah, be so in my house. It's gonna I'm, go I'm in the process of talking to a professional about how how deeply that movie offended me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you didn't like it too much. No, uh, uh, can we talk about the music real quick? Music, the, the, yeah, the music in Alien oh Covenant God. by Danny Elfman no, is no, absolutely no, actually, phenomenal. We can't. Let's no, no, no. Kabo- kaboshing, kaboshing. Uh, no, uh, no. Danny Elfman's score in this movie is fucking dope. Danny really Elfman's score. Of Oingo Boingo fame. Oingo Boingo fame. But it is also just made all the better by Prince's. Yes, when he's throwing the 200 mil into the air. Mm -hmm. I got money. Check this out. They they hired Prince because the studio wanted to have like, you know, like a soundtrack to be able to release, and nobody's going to buy Danny Elfman of Oingo Boingo's fame soundtrack for Batman unless it's got some hot motherfucker in there. Mm. And they got Prince, and they wanted Prince to do... They had two scenes that they needed music in. They needed the parade, and they needed the, the, art, the scene? art scene. Yeah, They had two scenes that they needed music in, and then they also wanted a love theme. So they hired uh. Prince to do the art scene and the parade scene, and they were going to get Michael Jackson to do the love scene. Uh, <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> 
It didn't happen because Prince and Michael Jackson don't fucking like each other. I wonder but why. If you if you get that guy on this movie, I swear to God, I'm gonna kick your ass. Was that Prince or Michael Jackson? That's for you to decide. See, there you go. <laughs> nice. Um, but Prince liked uh, the script in the movie Batman so much. Prince liked it. Prince liked it okay. a lot. So much. It's so a weird fucking that movie. When he came that. in, when his deadline came. To turn in the two songs for the art scene and the parade scene, he turned in something like 15 songs. Wow. And there is a record out there that I own on vinyl. Wow. Of Prince. Ooh, my boner. Just just singing some songs that are inspired by Tim Burton's Batman. And when you take them into that context, they sound like they could just be normal songs. Like but when you take it like you got Party Man, obviously, and Trust from the movie. Yeah. But there are some songs. Are they good? On this. Are they good? It's Prince. So yeah, they're good. <laughs> okay. But like, are they, are they listenable? Yeah. Like it's, it's kind of like kind of what you're into. I always, I always kind of assume that that, you know, if it's listenable or if it's good, that was kind of one of the same question, but okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. The music's really cool. I mean, Danny Elfman, like it, it was weird hearing the opening theme to this movie and being like, that's actually, so, you know, it's funny how, we're, how I keep asking you guys like, what, when you think of this character, what is the iteration that comes to you in mind? But when I was hearing the Danny Elfman, like, da 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 I was like, oh, that's, oh, that's actually Batman. kind of the yeah. Batman that I think mm-hmm. of. Like, yeah. that is, the Danny Elfman theme is, like, what I think of. But I think that's also probably because, like, animated series comes along. They're, like, they probably are pulling yeah, they, from that, well, that's, you that's, know. That's, that's exactly like what pretty it much is. the exact same They're very similar, yeah. yeah. You know. Uh, I will say that when I think about what Batman sounds like, in terms of like his theme, I get just as much of the da na 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 as I do with the the Nolans of the Nolans. I really so? do get because yeah. I can't. Those t- are a lot harder to sing. Those are now. a lot about a lot. The Inception horns are so easy. Boom. I don't know. I didn't. He knew exactly what I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I thought that's a lot of Nolan movies, which is like the like the little brushes on a well, on a and drum. See, and see, that's that's not what I'm talking about though. That's 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 the theme. Yeah. But the part that I think of is the the opening of the Dark Knight. Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember being there in the movie theater opening night for the Dark Knight when you're standing on the rooftop, and it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. it's just that. No, no, just the way, like, it, when you see the legendary icon and the uh, DC yeah, icon, yeah. and it is, and yeah. then you break into that first shot that showed everybody what IMAX was. Yeah. That first skyline mm. shot of Chicago. Mm. There's IMAX. What I love about the first shot of that away. movie, and no one told me to save it because I'm just not going to, what I love about the first shot of that movie is that it's during the day. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love that the first scene of that yeah. movie is during the day. It's yeah. so cool. It's a total switch up immediately. Yeah. But we'll get to that. When we we'll get to it. Stuff. We'll get to it. Well, the Joker knows he won't come out during the day. So He's like, yeah, there's no there's no Batman here. Everyone's going to know who he is if he comes out during the day, I guess. I don't know. Get some school buses. Get some school buses. I recognize uh, that chin. What else, you, what else, what else we got? <laughs> there's, some, there's always some shit. Danny Elfman scores real good. Um, I really like the... Billy D. Williams is Two-Face. Billy D. Williams is Two-Face. It's kind of weird that they don't kind of dive into, like, the political corruptness of Gotham. I think that that was initially the idea that they were going to do in the sequel, and then they, yeah, they, they decided... they kind of went a different they, way. They actually paid Billy D. Williams to not be in. Wait, really? Because they had yet. the white guy as... He wasn't... But the, the mayor in Returns isn't 
Harvey Dent, is he? Mm, Harvey Dent is not the mayor. He's the district attorney. Right, but, oh. He's just not even in They just don't. They're just like, it's not even He's just not there. Yeah. I think originally the idea was that Harvey Dent would be established in the first one, and then the second one... Would you get Two-Face or they no? Would, they would get Two-Face, and, and Billy D. Williams would be yeah. Two-Face then. That's the only reason he ever signed on for, because he wanted to play the, a superhero yeah. villain, because he was into the whole Gene Hackman thing and all that stuff yeah. from Superman. Um, and uh, I, uh, I haven't gotten the Batman Returns chapter of mm. my uh, Burton on Burton, because like that hasn't happened yet. So right. when I do get to that in the next episode, I'll tell you why. Cool. <laughs> it was interesting to see him as Harvey Dent, and it was very interesting to know that we do not get a Billy D. Williams Two Face. And I'd love a Billy D. Williams. That would be oh, really that would be fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, but I also, you know, seeing, you know, just seeing Harvey Dent and knowing that Harvey Dent is kind of like synonymous with like a uh, good politician gone bad or politician succumbing to politics. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. that's that's kind of the thing. So it was kind of weird, like not having any kind of like, because like. Uh, Gordon's not a great character in this movie, and yeah, no, the, it's weird. It's weird because like it's actually year too, one, and year one, is, Gordon's a green beret. This like, is another thing. Weird. This is another thing that you're uh, <coughs> that you're confusing with 1989, and it's it's our idea of Gordon. Yeah, is completely different mm-hmm. than what Gordon was in 1989 or 1988, rather, when they were filming this movie. He had a a, a decent part in The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, and he had a decent part in year one, and a a very big part uh, in the Killing Joke. In year one, he's half the story. He's like the the main character. All right, I'm trying. One. I'm trying to exemplify <laughs> that when they made the movie, yeah. they were like, "Okay, this is a movie, and it's a Batman movie. It needs to be about Batman." Yeah, and we're gonna have the Joker be the bad guy because the Joker is the most prolific bad guy in Batman's. Uh, in his, what's the really awesome word for that? Rogue Gallery. Yeah, Rogue Gallery. Uh, I was going to say catalog, and I was like, that's not That's the lamest way to say that word. That's the lamest way to say that. That's the lamest way. Uh, He's the best one, so we're going to get Batman. We're going to explain Batman. We're going to get Joker. We're going to explain Joker. He's got to fall in love and fuck somebody, so we're going to get Vicky Vale. I think Vicky Vale is new. They didn't have any room. I think this is the Vicky Vale. If we want to touch on Vicky Vale, I don't think he falls in love with Vicky Vale, because they hook up and... He says that they fall in love. Yeah. Well, he does not show. Michael Keaton's Batman is complex he says so himself so well i think that this she is, seems very this clingy. is actually vicky a really vale good conversation for batman him. returns is vicky because vale they, in batman she returns? is not and they have a line that deliberately writes kim basinger off and i think we can really talk about that batman movies are so known for being like love interest in one movie out in the next one yeah, it's yeah. very strange uh it's not strange they don't want to do it again no they just want to get in a new chick Hollywood yeah. thinks that women get less attractive as they get older. Oh, yeah, that thing. So three years pass, and they go, oh, we don't need, we don't want Kim Basinger anymore. We want the next model. Mm. We want uh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh-huh. And then, like, oh, we don't want Michelle Pfeiffer. Want, we, want, we want the next model, Nicole yeah. Kidman. Oh, we don't want Nicole Kidman anymore. We want the next model. Uh, who's this person? Yeah. Because I don't remember. I, I think forget. it's more Uma Thurman than anybody else, and Alicia Silverstone. Mm. Um, I think what Jack Jack kind of wanted to mention is like, you know, she's like super clingy in like most of the movie. Uh, Yeah, she really is. She goes crazy. Yeah. Yeah. She really does. I think that there is, uh, and I think that that's really neat. I think the level of obsession that Tim Burton like kind of magnifies a little bit. Yeah. 
you know how both these male characters like the joker and batman are two big like our good guy and our bad guy yeah. have these kind of unhealthy obsessions mm-hmm. Fair. and vicky vale has an obsession of her own mm. Mm. there's something there i don't know what it is um, i don't know if Tim knew what it was because I think it's another thing. That, I think there's a lot that, of things like, he didn't know. It seemed like he was movie. going somewhere with that, or had something in mind with that Vicky Vale character that just never really. It's again, it's another, connect. it's another weird kind of loose, like kind of thread that never gets like fully woven in. Yeah, because like you know? there is something there with her being the photographer, yeah. trying to get to the bottom of the Batman story, and her yeah. having engaging in this relationship with. Bruce Wayne, but she never well, lead, lets right. on that she's like suspicious. Why do both of these characters fall in love with her? Uh, that's a good, uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I'm trying. Well, like, all right. So why do, why do we think that the Joker falls in love with him? Like it's he's uh, he likes photography. He's an artist, right? Because he's making the he's cutting out all those collages of yeah. dead bodies. And I think at some point there's like he's cutting out pictures of a dead person who's smiling, mm-hmm. like a black and white picture of a dead person who's got the joker grin which is what i'm thinking that's where the gas came from like he found it he found this gas that does that or did he make that because i think he made it because i think he made chemistry chemistry so he made it so he took pictures of like the test yeah and that's what he's got so he's got that and then he's shown uh, a picture her picture that bob took and he's just like ooh la la yeah. Ooh la la! The low legs, hard to low hard legs. hard to uh, stay inside the lines mm-hmm. uh, when he's when he's cutting her picture out. See, for me, I just kind of chalk this up to like kind of maybe early film misogyny, you know, like throwing a woman. So? It could be as simple as he's just into tall blondes because he has that blonde girlfriend yeah. at first. That he... Well, and that's yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the tall blonde, and she's a sketch. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Work it through. And Tie it all together. Massage then it. Massage he it. tricks Vicky Vale into going out on a date with him so he can see her portfolio. Mm-hmm. Shit, 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 shit. But once it gets to the death of mayhem, sh- He's he like, likes mm. it. Mm-hmm. Do you th- and he does try to burn her, too. Yeah. And that's what he did to the blonde. Right. He burned her. Yeah. So that's does he like, what that does is. He like, like fucking. And I saw too, Robbie. Like you said, like you were like, yeah, that's not that bad. But it's like yeah. I think you also kind of like that's the desensitization. Of, oh yeah, like, that's that's because movie It's like yes, if somebody took off a mask and they just had a totally burned up face and you knew how beautiful they, they used, used to, to be, be, you'd be like, oh, <laughs> hi, oops. And I'm the fact sorry. that like the person that yeah. she's like she's romantically involved with did that to her yeah that's a commentary on some something else some dark shit right there yeah um i think you know i think so do you think he was he invited her to that museum to try and well i I think she make her the the camp make her like the the actual painting the masterpiece is are we reading too deep into this or is it just they they i don't think so when it comes to the art because when it comes to the art aspect of this that's exactly what Tim Burton has said yeah. is going on. Even inside the movie, I am the world's first fully functioning homicidal artist. Mm-hmm. He, so even like not even bringing in the uh, the uh, the comparative value between Batman and the Joker in this. Right. The Joker, at the very least, is an artist in this. He is doing art pieces. He is doing live art. Mm-hmm. But it's weird that his obsession with art kind of like because the movie J- Jack Nicholson or the Jack character is a mobster turned psychopath Mm -hmm. then he's still doing mobster shit and then kind of in like the middle chunk of the movie 
mostly or act two, he starts having an obsession with art. But then when we get towards the end of the movie, it seems to go away as an obsession with ego instead, because that kind of makes more sense for the last chunk of the movie. I think he's, oh, I mean, he, he that's where I get he, confused. in his, in his uh, file, it's like. Science, chemistry, that's art. how he's killing motherfuckers with gas. That's how he got turned into art. who he is. Yeah. Science and chemistry. He likes this shit. Even when yeah. he's going through the art gallery and just like completely fucking shit up, like mm-hmm. he's actually like, yeah. like he's got an artistic yeah. flair to him and he, he understands what's going on. Yeah. And then he stops one of his henchmen. He stops like, one of them. Oh, he's like, I actually like this. I like like this he's one. got yeah. a finely I mean, tuned his sense of it. If you think about Tim, you know, Tim. Burton has made commentaries on flawed artists before with Edward Scissorhands and like, you know, artists having, finding kind of solace in their arts, but being misunderstood or having problems. And, you know, it makes sense to kind of have Joker and Batman be in that same template, you know, right. it's his movie, but it's just, I'm really, I think it is, I, it's, I think it's it is hard to rack, it's hard, it's a stretch. I think it's I don't, stretch. Cause I, I mean, think that he even says actually, no, fuck, he, uh, the Joker says, you're going to follow me and document and photograph right. He's the shit that I'm going to do. That's what he wants to do. Bodies. Now, did he still want to burn her? Probably. Maybe. Probably, yeah. yeah. I mean, he tries thing. to. So, yeah. I mean, that's one of the weird things with movies is like when people, when when events happen and they're foiled because we don't want to ruin Kim Basinger's face. She's like, the she's the star. She's one of the stars of this movie. We she's can't do that. Lead, yeah. And you you start to forget like, yeah, but what was the intention of the character in the moment? And the intention was, well, burn your fucking I'm burn your fucking face off, Kim. Mm-hmm. That's what he was trying yeah. to do. And then Batman swoops in with his wonderful toys and, and saves her and they like get away, which the wire, you guys are saying the wires real bad, real bad. Real and bad in the yeah. It's hard to, it, well, I never you know, saw it that bad before. When he comes in through the ceiling, I guess he's supposed to be gliding, but he also could have been using, he could have been repelling thing to like yeah. repel down. So maybe that wire was intentional. Probably you, not. You've seen it, probably know, not, yeah, but yeah. you've seen him like put the thing on his belt and like, ha- like hang from something. Yeah, like yeah. And where does that, you see like, I don't he, know. The utility belt is obviously just like uh, rubber. Right. There's nothing in there. Yeah, but there's he has no, like, there's he no has pockets. The, well, but you, like, then you see, he kind of like like when he says like, "How much do you weigh?" You see Michael Keaton go to, go on. to the shot in this, guys. When you're listening to this, go to, go go to this scene, and he's 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 messing around. He just starts messing around with his belt buckle. Nothing's there. Because nothing's there. He's just messing around with it. And then it's a close-up. And this is the funny part. There's a close-up of his belt, of his yellow belt, and all of a sudden, just like this, this like black block just like zooms down his belt as if all the stuff is located behind his cape Mm -hmm. and he can call it from the front and it just comes in and he <laughs> and then he hooks something else up there's a secret PA behind his uh, cape there. very just small like, person yeah who's, just kind of yeah. like uh, shimmying it around his belt I really want to write a book now <laughs> called we need to talk about Keaton's belt ooh I like that it's a good it's got a good yeah. run to it the Batman utility belt is a, is a sacred sure. piece of apparel a ring a ding ding it's a ring a ding ding alright so uh Clothing, closing thoughts about the first, you know, foray. Clothing thoughts. Clothing thoughts. Vicky Vale's sweater in the uh, in the art Her museum dress is yeah. a little drab, but yeah. totally of its time. And I like color. I like yeah. the color. For color. I was gonna say the really brings out really her hair. Good. Yeah, uh, really good. Alfred is very well dressed the whole time, sure, yeah. even after hours. It's a little when weird that uh, um, the Joker can dye his hair so frequently back and forth. Mm-hmm. But that's commitment to your art. 
That is commitment to your mm-hmm. art. I mean, he's got to apply the makeup. Like, how long could it possibly take to like just put a little bit of green in your hair? Yeah, that all seems or like a little really, bit of brown. Rather. That he all washes seems the brown, like good yeah. takeaways from this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So you know, thank you guys for listening to the first ever episode of Battering. We will be. Am I slurring? Oh, I'm slurring my words so much. You've been drinking. You've been drinking. I had like a. T- I had like. I had like. <laughs> I had like. <laughs> Thank you again for listening to the first ever episode and the second take of me saying the sentence "battering." Wait, so Robbie, where are we going with this? Yeah, what's 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 going on? What's here? on the horizon? Here. The plan? Are, are we are we gonna give the whole itinerary? No, like, but, no, no, no. What, what, what are we going next? Coming up. Well, I was gonna say that. So I was just fucking rudely interrupted by you. Yeah, guys. and I, I, I was you saying into the story. Yeah, I'll that's not that. what leading. I'll and you gave that. me a roadblock, but I jumped yes, into yes, and Robbie. We're watching Batman Returns next, the second Burton film. And then uh, after that, we have a surprise. We'll talk about that more later. But for now, huh. thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> thank that you was again. Really good. That was that was an organic podcast moment. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm right. full of those. But you said that good. right? Did you say that at the top that we're gonna walk through all the? We're gonna go through Batman. It's here? another. It's another French. It's similar to the. It's a quarter mile at a time. We're doing. Kind of the whole Batman franchise. So we're going to be rolling. I guess I'll just fucking say I'll just fucking say it. We're doing Returns next. God damn it. Then we're going to do. A different one. A different one. And then we're going to do, do a different one. After and that. then a different one. And we're going to lead all the way. Listen, up to listen, guys. Batman. There's a lot of fucking Batmans. Okay. There's a lot we of got Batmans. the cartoon Batmans. We got the Nolan Batmans and everything in between. Would you, would you say, Robbie, that perhaps we have 11 episodes? About. About, yeah. About. Until, until we find another one, we're like, oh, let's just put that in there, too. <laughs> that <laughs> is really how we compile this list. Let's just do that one. I think that uh, well, Fast I tell you guys, is a bit more cut and dry. Well, it's a bit more cut and dry. This one, we're going to have some really fun surprises. Both when I tell you guys, it's like, oh, no, we have to watch all of Batman Beyond now. I'm sorry. We just have to do that. Yeah. And then we'll all be We upset. have to sit down and watch it straight and then sit down and immediately talk about oh, it. We'll be once too, Jack We would be literally... we'll definitely fall asleep. We would definitely fall asleep, and I would get drunk to the point of bullet um make a great podcast <laughs> all right you two shut up for a fucking second i'll let you know we can talk again Wait, thank you, you again to? so much for listening to this first episode of battering <laughs> much like the weapon that batman throws that oh, it ends that in it? a ring <laughs> it sounds like boomerang we'll be going across many batman movies for many episodes to come thank you again i'm robert the alfred anderson joined by can you remember your fucking name can i talk now now you can it's jack I'll give you permission to talk. And uh, I am Mike uh, Burge. And I can't wait for everybody to listen to this uh, really, really, really fun podcast. It's going to be something. It's going to be so much fun. We're going to talk about... The movie that we just saw, and we're going to talk about Batman as a whole. All right, thanks, come thanks right again, back, guys. Kind of like All a right. boomerang, and is that All what right. you're getting at? That's what I was getting at. I was going to get at. I was getting at that. All right, thanks again, guys, for listening. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.
And there was young Master Bruce leading his gray pony with me on its back, like a sack of old potatoes covered in mud and nursing a sprained ankle. That was the first and last time I gave him a riding lesson.